0: We are in the book of Habakkuk, kids. Habakkuk, is that a fun name? Anyone here named Habakkuk? No. Is your name Habakkuk? No, No. okay. My professor, had a, he had a five-year-old boy when I was in college, and his five-year-old son always called this book Habakkuk. I always, so, I always get it wrong in my mind. I always, think, I always put the B instead of the K. Before we get into Habakkuk, let me ask this question. How many of you out there are nosy? Don't raise your hand, don't tell anybody. It's a it's a hypothetical question. Now I am a nosy person by nature. When we go out, my wife she gives me the elbow all the time because if we go out to eat, I will just stare at other people's tables listening to their conversations. Like I think those guys, aren't, those two are in a fight. I'm just like, oh, what is the fight about? I I watch people. We'll be at the mall. We'll go out in public, and I will watch people walking, stopping, talking, picnicking. And I'm building in my mind a whole story. Like, what are they doing? Why are they here? Is it their anniversary? Is it their birthday? Are they married? Are they... I I just try to figure everything out myself. Now, being a nosy person is not always great. Because what I've done is I've given this away to my daughter. She is as nosy as I am. It's unbelievable... It's, it's unbelievable to me how much of my life she knows. I'm like, how do you know that? She's like, well, I heard you on the phone with Uncle Tony. And I heard you on the phone, and I just picked up what was happening, what was going on. I'm like, and sometimes I am talk on the phone after bedtime. They're up the stairs in their beds, and they listen, and they know the surprises. They know my plans. Now, it's crazy how much you can learn from one side of a conversation even without hearing both sides, you can listen to one side of the phone call and know, I know who it is. Is it urgent or not urgent? Is it a big deal or not a big deal? Now, in the Bible, when it comes to prayer, oftentimes we only get to see one side of the conversation. When you read the Psalms, and you see the people of God praying, we get to see them lifting their hearts to God. Maybe they're happy. Maybe they're sad. Maybe they're angry. We get to watch their emotions float to heaven. But we don't get to see God's response to their prayer. We're getting, we often get to see one side of the telephone call. But in the book of Habakkuk, We get to see both sides of the conversation. We get to see the prophet Habakkuk talk to God in prayer. And then we see God respond. And we watch this conversation go back and forth. And we get to be nosy and see how God deals with his servants. Now, Habakkuk is a prophet. His guy's name is pretty... Habakkuk is a prophet, and he serves in the southern kingdom known as Judah. In Habakkuk's life, the northern kingdom of Israel has already been destroyed. There's only one nation left of God's people. The rest have been wiped out due to their idolatry and sinfulness. Habakkuk comes to God, and this is his prayer. Chapter 1 and verse 1. The oracle that Habakkuk the prophet saw. Here's his prayer. O Lord, how long shall I cry for help, and you will not hear? Or cry to you violence, and you will not save? Why do you make me see the iniquity? Why do you look idly at the wrong? Destruction and violence are before me. Strife and contention arise. The law is paralyzed. Justice never goes forth. For the wicked surround the righteous, so justice goes forth perverted. Now, we know from the first line, "O oh Lord, how long. The emotional state of the prophet, Habakkuk, is complaining. Habakkuk, is, this, this, is a, this is a lament psalm. This is a psalm of lament, a cry of sadness. That, that prayer, "O oh Lord, how long. It reveals something's going on, and I don't like it. I have been calling to you, I have been praying to you, and I don't feel like you are answering me. And what is the source of the prophet's sadness? This is very unique because Habakkuk is not in trouble. Now, when I pray, I'm usually praying for my own stuff, right? Oh, Lord, I lost some money this month. Or, oh, Lord, my dog is sick. Oh, Lord, it's a prayer of life, right? Habakkuk is not in trouble He's not praying for his health. He's not praying for his friends. He says, oh, Lord, there's violence in the land. You make me see iniquity, and you just look idly at the wrong. Destruction and violence are before me. Strife and contention arise. What's happening is very simply this. Habakkuk lives in God's nation, Judah. And the land is filled with evil. People do wrong. God's people are living in open sinfulness. They, there is injustice. The rich eat the poor. Justice is perverted, which means you can break the law if you can afford a good attorney. The world is a mess. And everywhere Habakkuk looks, he sees the people of God not being godly. He goes, God, your people are being boneheads. Deal with them. You won't deal with the evil in your own people. He's mad about it. God, why won't you deal with the evil in the land? That's his his anger. In this first part, we see the prophet, and he is doubting his God. He's like, God, why aren't you doing anything? Why aren't you dealing with the evilness in the land? I want to say a few things about this first prayer of Habakkuk. First, first. I want to tell the kids in the room, the adults, I want to tell everybody that's here this very simple truth. You're allowed to be honest with God. You are allowed to be honest with God. It is okay to say, Lord, I don't feel like you hear me. That prayer is allowed. If you're going to draw close to the Lord, you have to be honest with him. You can't walk into God's presence and pray about things you don't care about and the things that are the heaviest on your heart. you just left unsaid. This morning I was praying before church. I'm praying to my prayer list. Which is a good thing. But I was avoiding the thing that was most on my heart. You know what was the biggest thing in my mind this morning? Truck or treat. I'm like, Lord, what if all the people come? What if we're on like a candy? That's in my heart, but I'm just not talking about it. I'm just ignoring it. I'm like, God, take care of the war across the world. I'm praying for things, but my heart is full of something else. And the fact is we have to be honest with God. And that's okay. We're allowed to have doubt. If you read the Psalms, David often will will repeat this phrase, How long, O Lord? You feel in that single phrase someone who is frustrated, someone whose faith is a little shaken. When I was young, nowadays, they call this word deconstruction. I don't like that word. When we were young, when I was a young man, we called this having a crisis of faith. And here's the fact of the matter. As you grow in life, you're going to have crises of faith. Because if you, let's say you grow up in the church. Let's say you grow up going to church every week. At first, your faith is the faith of your parents. You believe because your mom or dad believe. They pray, so I pray. They believe, so I believe. But at some point, maybe in adolescence, maybe when you're 18, 20, you must answer the question, Do I believe this for myself? Is this faith the faith of my mom and dad? Or is this faith my actual faith? That's a Christ of faith. That's a hard bridge to cross. I crossed that bridge when I was like 19 years old. I was in college. I was arguing with my professors about what I believed to be true about God. And a teacher asked me, point blank, Ernesto, why do you believe this so passionately? And I'm like, well, this one verse says this. He goes, no, 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 Why do you really believe these things you say you believe? I thought about it, and I realized I believe what I believed. Because the pastor I loved told me, and I loved him, believed him so much, I believed him blindly. I realized I don't really know what the Bible says. I know what he says it says, but I don't read it on my, my own at all. And that moment was a crisis of faith. I had to go to the Bible and say, Lord, what's actually in your book? And it shook my life in a good way. You have to be honest with God. Habakkuk in this moment is going, God, I'm calling to you. I'm your, I'm, I'm your prophet. I'm your preacher. And your people don't give a rip about you. Your people are living sinful lives. They're oppressing the poor. They're hurting the weak. You've got to come down here and stop this. Listen. It's okay to be honest with God. It's okay to be honest with God. Also, it is okay to want God to step in and fix things. I feel Habakkuk's heart. I look at the American church right now and how cruel we are one to another, and it. It hurts my heart. What, two weeks from now we have an election? We have a vote? Midterms, right? I have heard believers in Jesus who claim to love the Christ. I have heard them call down hellfire on someone just because they're voting different than they are. Listen. Listen. How we say something is as important as what we say. Yes. If we are mean and cruel and dismissive and unkind, that... We said this out in youth. We had a small, um, small group this week about the, the Apostle James, and we said this incredible phrase, I'm going to hold on to forever. If you punch someone in the eye for Jesus, it's not for Jesus. If you punch someone in the eye for Jesus, that's not for him, that's for you. That's for you, Lord. No, that's for you and your own satisfaction. And I watch the church, even sometimes when she's right, she's a butt. She's not kind. I sometimes pray, I'm like, Lord, you've got to deal with us because we are a mess. Like it says, Lord, your people call according to your name, given your holy law. Your people don't care about you at all. They're doing their own thing. Lord, we need to deal with this. The prophet doubts his Lord, and that happens sometimes. Sometimes we go through life, and our faith can be shaken. Our faith can come to a moment of crisis that happens, and it's okay. But this is not just one side of a conversation. This is not just hearing the phone call. We get to hear speaker phone God's response. So what does God say? He goes, God, your people are boneheads. We don't, we don't love you. We don't listen to you. We're, we have no justice in our hearts. When are you going to deal with us? And God says this, verse 5. God says, look among the nations and see. Wonder and be astounded. Verse 5. For I'm doing a work in your days that you would not believe if told. For behold, I'm raising up the Chaldeans, the Babylonians, that bitter and hasty nation who march through the breadth of the earth to seize dwellings not their own. They are dreaded and fearsome. Their justice and dignity go forth from themselves. Their horses are swifter than lepers. Not lepers. Lepers leopards. Their horses are swifter than leopards, more fierce than the evening wolves. Their horsemen press proudly on. Their horsemen come from afar. They fly like an eagle, swift to devour. They all come for violence, all their faces forward. They gather captives like sand. At the kings, they scoff. At the rulers, they laugh. They laugh at every fortress. They pile up the earth. They take it. May sweep by like the wind and go on, guilty men whose own might is their God. What is God saying here? it goes, God, we're all evil and wicked, and you're letting us be stupid. And God goes, Don't you worry. I'm raising up Babylon, and they're bad to the bone. Horses like leopards, yo, swift like eagles. Me and the kids, will watch um, YouTube sometimes. And there's one video, sometimes you see these videos, and they're so heartbreaking. Some family will find a little, like, a baby chipmunk or a baby rabbit, they'll nurse it to health. They'll go outside the film the camera's on, and the little, little kids, you know, five and six, We're gonna let the bunny go. And they, they open the box, the bunny comes out, looking around like, I'm a little bunny, and I'm alive. And all of a sudden, bird, blah, blah! Eagle grabs the bunny, and the kids cry, and we laugh. Um, because we're all, Elena doesn't laugh, I laugh. I'm a terrible person. But the point is, an eagle could come out of the sky like lightning fast to take something out. And God says, the Babylonians are like the leopard, they're like the eagle. And God says, and they're coming for you, O Israel. I have seen your wickedness. Becca's like, God, we're awful. When are you going to deal with us? And God's like, right now. I'm sitting in Babylon, and they're going to smoke, you fools. And he's like, well, what I meant to say was, <laughs> Habakkuk's going to backpedal. But God tells him straight up. God's like, listen, Habakkuk, don't freak out. I got a plan. God says, I've got a plan. God has a plan. Listen, when we say to God, I don't know what you're doing. How long, oh Lord? We pray from a heart of, we don't have, we don't know what's, we we, we can't see the end of the story, but guess what? God sees the end and God has a plan and thanks be to God, his plan is better than our plan. Now, I am a gamer, not a video gamer, even though I am that, but not too much anymore. I love board games. I love strategy board games. And the greatest of all the board games, there's, there's only, not risk, no? no. Not, not battleship. That's, that's just pure guessing. What's the greatest of all games? Yes. Chess. Yes. Chess is the great, yes. why? You know why it's the greatest? Because there's no luck. There's no dice. There's no cards. It's your brain versus someone else's brain. And whoever loses is not as smart. But, uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just, I'm not really kidding. But, um, <laughs> when I play chess is a game, you look at that board and you see strategies. How am I going to get you? And you're, and, and the, I love the, the word pawn, the front row of pawns. Those are really, you know what a pawn is? Like, we use the word pawn in real life. A pawn is someone you don't mind set out to die for the greater good. Right, yeah. Got to know how to use those pawns well. Go and yeah. die, my minions. Um. <laughs> I fancy myself a very strategic player. I, I, when I play chess, I'm playing two moves in the future, which is not great if you know chess. But for me, it's all right. (laughs) That's why we haven't played yet. Um, But even though I can see the board, and even though I'm a decent strategist, I cannot see how God is working. His purpose, his plan, he's seeing a thousand moves deep. God is bringing his story into existence one generation at a time. And even though we may not know why he does what he does, he has a plan. And here, Rebecca goes, God, when will you deal with your people? And God's like, I'm coming right now. I'm setting Babylon to deal with my disobedient children. And listen, be careful what you pray for. How long, oh Lord? Right now, oh no. Like Habakkuk, ba- he, he backs up. And if you read, he's going to go, but God, they're worse than us. You can't let them judge us because they're even worse than we are. And then God goes, I'll get them eventually. But right now I'm using them to, take, to punish you. It is very natural to doubt the Lord. And it's okay to doubt. It's okay to bring your fears, your worries, your concerns before the Lord. That's okay. And you should. Because the only way for your faith to be made true is to talk truly and honestly to God. When you are honest with the Lord, that honesty is going to build a relationship. So back up. Doubts his God. God reveals, I got a plan. They talk back and forth a few times, and the book ends in the most powerful way. I truly wish in this moment I was a painter. My children both have the gift of art. My wife has it too. I probably already got it from. Um, my wife will paint on like an easel with a legged thing, tripod. That's an easel, okay. It's an easel. She has an easel. She has paints. And she paints things. And they're beautiful. My kids draw things, and they're wonderful to behold. I sometimes draw when I teach. It always brings laughter because it's so bad. Listen to the last. So Habakkuk, he knows Babylon's coming. God has told him. Judgment is coming. They're going to come into Jerusalem and burn this whole city down. Habakkuk knows they are going to fall. This is what he says at the end of of the book. 3.17 Though the fig tree should not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines. The produce of the olive fail, and the fields yield no food. The flock be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. Stop right here. Listen. He's saying, think of these words. The fig tree does not blossom. There's no fruit on the vines. uh, There's no olives. There's no food coming out of the fields. There's no sheep in the sheep pen, and there's no cows in the barn. If I could paint, I would paint this picture. I would paint a land dark and desolate. I'd paint the fruit trees without fruit all dying in the distance. I would paint the vines growing and they're dying on the vine with no grapes to be harvested. I would paint a barn with doors falling off, with no animals inside to eat, no green grass for those cows to live upon. I'd paint a sheephold with no sheep inside. And in the midst of this desolation, in the midst of the dark sky, I would paint a man, maybe a woman, on their knees, with their head bowed, And their hands together, trusting God even in the midst of the lack. Habakkuk's saying, Man, even though we may have no food, and even though them coming might mean poverty, it might mean hunger, even though this judgment means it's gonna be hard for all of us, he goes, Even with all of that in the distance, coming at me, even with that destruction, I will rejoice in the Lord. The prophet trusts his God. That honesty, that relationship, that crisis of faith leads to a moment of conversation, and when it ends... Their faith is stronger. His faith is stronger in his God. And even though he knows the wave is coming, he knows the hurt is coming. And he says, even if it comes and it takes everything from us, I trust him. I trust him. Many of us in our prayers, we want salvation. And of course we do. None of us want to suffer. I want to not be sick. I want to have a raise and not a a decrease in pay. We all want the same things. We want life, joy, long times. But here Habakkuk says so beautifully, even if none of the things I want come to me, even if all my dreams are thrown down, Even then, then, I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. God the Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the deers. He makes me tread on the high places. That last part is so beautiful. God the Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the deers. He makes me tread on the high places. Me and my family want to go out west in a few years. We want to go and drive our car 30 30 hours to the west because there's, like, beautiful country in America, right? Out west, there's, like, Yellowstone, right, and Zion, all these national parks. If you go out to the Rockies, if you go out that far and, and see America, in the mountains, you will see a weird sight. On sheer cliffs that no human could climb, you'll see a deer just chill on the side of a cliff. And you're like, how are you up there? Like, there's no, I don't see a ledge. I mean, that goat that, that, that go, went up because there's like one, one green leaf. He's like, and he's like no, no, and he eats it, and he's just chilling. I don't know how you got up there. I don't know how you're getting down, but you're up there. And he's chilling and he's safe. And Habakkuk goes, you know what? Like that deer... Who has sure footing on the side of the cliff. You put my feet in the same surety you give to that deer. Even on the the edge of all things, I have sure footing. Because I am in you. You are my strength. Habakkuk trusts the Lord. Habakkuk in this book doubts his God. and We've said, be honest in your prayers. You want your relationship with God to be a real thing. The only way to make it real is to talk about the real stuff, the hard stuff, the painful stuff, the real questions. And there are hard questions to be asked. It's okay to ask them. And the truth is God has a plan. Now he may not tell you I'm sorry for that. There are things we've gone through in our life, and we don't know the why. And I may not know the why here and now, but I know there is a why. I know God is doing something. He is bringing His plan to fruition in the whole world. My wife and I, we sold all we owned, and we owned some cool stuff back in the day. I had a DVD clutch and you would not believe. I had a CD tower. It was a Tower of Babel of CDs. (laughs) We sold it all and moved to India. We thought we would live in India forever, and we were forced to leave that land and come back to America. We came back with no job, with no house, with no car, with no assets. Our health was broken. It was really bad. And for years, I'm like, Lord, why you led us there and you broke us in half? Why did you lead us there? And one day I was in Flint after we had gone many roads over many years. We had moved to the city. This church was born. I'm driving out of our neighborhood and I look one way for cars, look the other way, and there's a bus on fire on Court Street. There's a bus on fire, I don't know. It's just a bus on fire. And I looked and I laughed because in India, often people would burn buses in the street to make barricades. And I'm like, Lord, like all of this, all of the the training, the pain, the survival, the learning to trust you when you have nothing in your hands prepared us to come and be a part of this great work. I couldn't see it then. But God has a plan. As we close this time together, I want to encourage you guys in this. If you are carrying great pain, I encourage you. Talk to God about it. Day after day after day. Deal with the hard things. Don't just stuff them down. Don't ignore them. Say, God, this is what's going on. I need you to step in the midst of my heart and my feelings and my vision. It's okay to doubt. I hope at the end of all your doubt, you will come to this place of great trust. With that said, Jared, do we have some snacky snacks? Okay. Kids. Children. That's a few questions. If you get this right, we'll give you a snack, okay? If you know it, don't yell it. Put your hand in the air. Okay? Nice. Hold on a second. Okay, so. <laughs> okay. First question for the kids What is the prophet's name? What is it? No. Yes. Habakkuk is the name. Okay. Next question. Hold on, wait for the question. Where did Habakkuk live? Where? Not in the north. Where did he live? You were this close, bro. You know what? That's so close. I'm going to give you half a candy. Okay. See for other people. Right there. Where was he? In the south. Habakkuk was in the south. Just pass it back. Like pass it behind you. Okay. Habakkuk was in the south in a land called Judah. Okay. What? So God said the Babylonians were really strong. Name one animal the Babylonians were like. The horses were like. What? Eagles was one of them. Eagles was one. Boom. 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 What else? What other animal were the Babylonians like? You can't just tell them the answer. What is it? Lepers. I didn't give you candy. I didn't give you candy. Okay. I'm done for now. We'll get everybody. So, as we close, be encouraged. Life is hard, but God is good. And the journey of faith, though it is hard, that journey of faith will build your trust. We trust in the Lord in all things. As we are going to... There's cake, pie, food outside? Cookies? cookies are there cookies outside? Before we eat, there's something we do as a church very often. We, as a church, often have something called gospel goodbyes. People we know and love move from our city, and follow God on adventures to other places in the world. A family who's worked with us for many years is going on an adventure with God, and we want to pray for them. And it's about, this family has been called for, for, for a while, they've been praying about this vision God gave them. And they're stepping out in great faith and moving to Tennessee! To Tennessee! What? Not Ohio. <laughs> ah. So I'm going to ask if you would be so kind. The Rodden's would come forward. We're just going to pray for them. They move. They had to move in what? Three weeks flat? Three. Days. three ah. So they're moving in like three days to Tennessee. I'm going to ask uh, the deacons of the church and the elders of the church to come forward. To ask, uh, so come on, come on down, deacons, elders. Come on. We're going to lay hands in prayer on this family. As they move their young family, they don't even have a house yet down there. They're moving in great faith. So be in prayer for the Roddens as they go. So we're going to go ahead and lay hands. Come up here, buddy. Come around. Okay. If you would, church, put a hand in unity up, and we will pray for this family. God in heaven you move and you have a plan and your plan for this family Lord you begin to show them the first few steps as they drive down to Tennessee be with them on this long road with this big old trailer Lord as they get to where they're going Lord they they, they just open the door for all the things for the land for the permits, for electricity for sewer, for for the well for all the things you put in their heart Lord open the door And let the dream you put in their heart come to fruition. As they are down there, let their light and their life be a light to all they meet. That as they walk and are faithful to you, their lives would bring your kingdom close to those who are far away. In Christ's name, we ask all these things. Amen. Amen. We love you guys, man. All right, church. God bless you. Cookies outside. Trunk up here. If you want to go truck side up with Angela, then that you are dismissed.